Welcome to Sad Styles Productions. Let me run you through our daily specials. On Tuesday, relive your childhood gaming memories on the Retrograde Podcast. On Thursday, the Jackass crew relives the pain and glory of the TV show Jackass. Also on Thursday, Mikey and Brian let you in on all the secrets of sports marketing on the sign-off, a framework podcast. On Fridays, losing money with Andrew Baskin helps satisfy your 20-minute sports gambling fix. Keep your hands inside the car at all times. Enjoy the ride. Get into it. Coming up... A Sad Styles production. Hello and welcome. My name is Mikey Aaronworth, signing on to the Sign Off, a Framework podcast. Now, I feel like we're still early enough in this podcast's life cycle to talk about some of the inspirations that got us to actually turn the mics on in the first place. And this story that we're going to be focusing on this week is essentially the story that made us think, you know what? We think people might want to hear what we have to say. It's a story that I've heard my dad, Brian Aaronworth, the president of Frameworth, tell countless times to countless people at countless different events. I've seen some of the most legendary superstars eating out of my dad's hands as he's recounting what happened to him in this story and really what happened to the company as a whole. Now, we've teased this story a few times on earlier episodes, and that's basically because this is probably the episode that I've been looking most forward to recording. Doesn't matter how many times I've heard this story, it never gets old. And it's essentially all about what would happen if a new prospective client in the form of an NHL superstar had given us his collection of game-used jerseys to get framed up and if those had mysteriously been misplaced. Now, that may sound like a teaser or a tag. It is exactly what you expect it to be. The story is not just about how they went missing, but how Frameworth went to all the lengths that we possibly could to rectify the situation. And you would think that the most interesting part of the story is the fact that they went missing. And boy, if that's what you think, you are dead wrong. So I want to lead us into the episode, but before I do that, I do have a little bit of housekeeping, and that's by giving a shout out to the Sidney Crosby Memorabilia Collectors page on Facebook, which is hosted by Matt Ellenberger, a friend of the podcast and a friend of Frameworth for quite a while. We had hosted a giveaway on their page, which was essentially entering you into a draw as long as you listen to and subscribe to the podcast. It's simple. If you're out there and you have a group that you think would be interested in our podcast, hit us up, sign off pod at framework.com and you can also send us any questions or comments that you have about the podcast that you may want us to address on air. Now Matt Ellenberger had told me that the winner of this giveaway is a man who goes by the name of Will Edward. So Will congratulations to you. Thank you so much for listening and as always tell your friends and family about the sign off podcast. We're only getting bigger and what better time to join us than right now. I also wanted to give a quick shout out to two members of the community who are particularly active when it comes to commenting on our YouTube YouTube videos. They always have great feedback, and that's the kind of thing that we love to see. Ken Spence and Robert Savoy. Savoy? I'm going to go with Savoy. Thank you guys once again for taking part in the community, showing us you're out there, sending us some questions. It all goes a very long way to make this community feel lively, lived in, and we want you guys to be a part of it every step along the way. Now, without further ado, I cannot wait to get into this. I've talked way more than I should have, given the fact that what's coming next is something that you just simply cannot miss. So I'm going to take a quick break. We will see you guys on the other side for one of the greatest stories you will ever hear. I promise you that. And welcome back to the sign-off. We're here once again, just one short week away from our last recording, where it was me, Mikey Aaronworth, and my dad, president of uh, Frameworth Sports Marketing, Brian Aaronworth, here joining us as well. Wave to the camera. Give him a little hello. 
And that's that's a little reminder. <laughs> if you're listening to this on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, any of those things, we are also available on YouTube. We record every uh, episode in video, especially when we have some of the guests on, as if our pretty faces weren't enough to uh, to keep you guys excited and engaged. Uh, but today is, uh, listen, I can say this at the beginning of every episode, and I probably will, another very exciting episode. And the reason for that is eventually we're going to be getting into the, maybe my favorite story in the history of Frameworth, uh, mainly because of the way that it ended. Uh, Thank God. If it didn't end this way, and you'll know what we're talking about in a little bit, but if it didn't end this way, it could have been absolutely catastrophic. Uh, but the the company kind of got together, found out some solutions, and uh, and made this work in our favor. Uh, I know you're probably just chomping at the bit to hear what, what it is we're talking about, but that's a teaser to lead us into it. Because when we're in this world of sports marketing and we're dealing with athletes and very high-profile people, listen, we all make mistakes. Um, you, dad, and mom made a mistake, uh, which which came to, to bear fruit on February 3rd, 1989 in the form of Mikey Aaronworth, co-host of the Sign Off Podcast. Um, but we all make some mistakes. We all trip up at some points. And uh, sometimes the scope and scale of that is a lot larger, especially when you're dealing with people of a certain caliber or, or prominence in, in an industry. We have our reputation to protect. Uh, we work with these people quite often, and for as large of an industry it is, uh, word gets around. So what are your thoughts then on on dealing with some of these high-profile people, companies, you know, it's it, it, we're, we're dealing with MLSE, for example, and when we potentially drop the ball, the ramifications can be enormous. Do you do you lose sleep over that? Is that something with an Every added night. sense of responsibility? Well, I was in at 5.30 this morning. It is Sunday yeah. when we're recording this. A nice, um, a nice cool Sunday afternoon. Just wake up and start thinking about things. Now, you know, things have, have over the years have, uh, have gotten a lot better and smoother, et cetera. But there's always something that can go wrong. Some can be devastating. Yeah. You just have to kind of keep, keep thinking about it, keep your eye on the ball and make sure that nothing does go wrong. But inevitably what, it will. What, what are the kinds of things that you worry about uh, losing track of? What are, what are the, the, the sort of plate spinning elements that, that, that keep you up at night? What, is, is it more on a relationship athlete to athlete basis or is it with, your, with our customers and clients and something all of like that? It's all of it. I, yeah. I mean... Starting with, we're dealing with a lot of expensive product, some, right. a lot of which is ours, a lot of which is other people's. Um, we're framing up jerseys. We frame a lot of uh, NHL players' jerseys. Right. And we're known to be the, the Cadillac of the industry, so when players... Cadillac's a weird reference. I feel like we should update that reference. Well, yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, I don't I know. Say, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's an old Cadillac. Gonna, it used to be. We're the Cadillac of our industry. Our grandparents drive us. <laughs> yeah. So so we ended up, uh, you know, framing. We do. Uh, a lot of the players will come to us. We just did some for uh, Sandheim and uh, uh, Gary Roberts just called me to do some framing. They trust us to do mm -hmm. the job right. Now we're, we're utilizing their products and not just players, but other people's. We get Gretzky jerseys. We get all sorts of expensive things in uh, that belong to customers and ourselves. And we've got to frame them and anything can go wrong. You know, you want to make sure your employees aren't drinking coffee by their workstations <laughs> sure. and yep. stuff. Anything can go wrong. And when it does, you've got to pay the piper and that, that can be very expensive. And it, it, it does kind of bring on an entire uh, new level of stress when we're dealing with customers' own products or players' own products, things like that, especially when there's a sentimental value to it. You had mentioned, I can't remember which episode it was, 
uh, I think it was the episode with Ken Reed, and we started talking about uh, game-worn jerseys and is there value in cutting them up and putting putting them on cards. And I think it was a Ted Williams jersey that you refused yes. to cut up. Yep. Now, the flip side of that is maybe you do agree to take on the jersey and just frame it up as per usual. Now you're taking on the responsibility of, of handling a essentially priceless item. And if something goes wrong, you know the customer is going to be claiming the highest possible value for it. So do you lose sleep also on just like the individual walk-in customers with items of their own? Or is that kind of something that you're, you can't worry about all of it. So you got to sort of put your focus elsewhere. No, it's part of the business. It's part of what we've done from day one. And, and as time has gone on and our reputation gets better than people entrust us with more and more expensive things. And recently we've, we've just done some very expensive things. And even now, Sidney Crosby jerseys are valued at $2,000, $2,500 retail. Non-game worn. Right. So you can imagine the game worn stuff right. that, yeah, yeah. And Wayne Gretzky's product from Upper Deck is up there, 2,500 US retail. So those are things that come and go. And if you, I don't know, if you have, drop it on the floor or something happens to it, then then you're responsible for it. Yeah. So you really have to be careful. That's one aspect of uh-huh. it. The other aspect is when you maybe screw up with something you say or do. You know, even on this podcast, um, I've, I'm very conscious, conscious of... How you pronounce the word conscience. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> of, of saying something that might be uh, damaging or sure. that shouldn't be said on uh, on a podcast. We're trying to give you a lot of insight on this podcast, but I certainly don't want to say something that's contrary to the brand of the players that sure. we work with. Very right? true. So yeah. each, each player is their own brand, uh, and they behave a certain way, and they want us to be consistent with that, which is why we, we work with so many players, because they know they can trust us on it. But if you make a mistake, and you slip up, and you say something wrong... It's uh, out there. Yeah. It's out there. Now, okay, so when when one walk-in customer comes in and they have one game-worn jersey that they got from one player, that becomes a very special possession to that person. There's nothing personal in it necessarily, but it's valuable to them and it's a piece of history. Now, what if on the flip side, one of your clients in the form of say an athlete comes in with not just one game use game used jersey, but the collection of every game used jersey they've ever felt was important enough for them to keep. Say maybe it's a uh, young hotshot player in the NHL named Rick Nash, and we are sort of courting him to see whether or not we can be uh, his representatives in the field of sports marketing uh, and memorabilia. Does this ring a bell? Is this is this something that that may have happened to you at some point? Probably the most devastating thing that could have happened to the company Mm -hmm. in the whole time period that we're here. And I actually have told this story to other NHL hockey players. Yeah. And they sit in awe and can't believe that this story is true, but it is. It is. And uh, listen, if you're listening to us right now, um, you're about to get into it. Uh, this, This is something that, it's a story that, I love hearing, like, you, you know this already if you're listening to this podcast. I love speaking. It's one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> but this is one of the rare cases where I love listening to you tell this story because the amount of, of detail that goes into how this all went wrong and what Frameworth as a company did to rectify it is mind-blowing. And we're going to get into it in detail here. So why don't we start off? Uh, what is going on in Frameworth, at Frameworth, that gets you involved with Rick Nash at the time? Well, 
we're going back. I think it's two thousand and three. Mm-hmm. Um, a pretty important year for the company. If you if you've heard uh, well, our recent episodes, yeah. And um, well, some things had happened during that time frame. My brother passed away. Your uncle. Yep. So we were also getting into a little uh, sideline business of of uh, event marketing. Yeah. So I put my expertise of going to expertise. I went to a lot of celebrity golf tournaments sure. that we were invited to, yeah. NHL tournaments, the NHL alumni had tournaments. So I decided that we would raise some money um, for the Cancer Society by having our own uh, uh, golf tournament. Yep. And I pulled in all of the favors that I had ever done for anybody um, to, to try and get some really great players there. Right. Um, to, so it was going to be a pro-am tournament. I never asked people for anything, but this is for my brother, and it was something that w- was very near and dear to me. So I, I just discarded that kind of don't ask anybody for anything. Right. This is when impose. you're collecting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So a very good friend of mine, uh, and he will be on the show at some point, Brad Jansen. A character. You guys are going to love when we bring him on. He's got, this, he's got stories up the wazoo. The history behind Brad and, and how he's evolved through this industry uh, and how he's helped me evolve Frameworth um, is is so cool. He, he's the kind of guy where when you walk into a room with him and there are players in there and you're excited to see the players, the players are excited to see him. He he has that kind of vibe to him. Yes, and I won't get into all the, I can't get into all the other stories. We'll, we'll wait for him to show up here. But Brad was uh, good friends with Rick Nash and yeah. had Rick, I believe Brad was in the uh, sports equipment business, and I believe at that point he had just signed Rick Nash, who was like uh, really an up and come, not up and coming. It was already yeah, there. Yeah, I think he had. This uh, is after his his goal leading season. I, yeah, I think, I think he, he was MVP rocket. in the All Star game and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. So, um, so I asked Brad for a favor to see if he could get a couple of guys to come to the tournament, and uh, he asked Rick, and Rick graciously said yes. Now, Rick was just going to Columbus at the time. So uh, Brad said, you know what, by the way, Rick's just bought a new home in Columbus Mm -hmm. and uh, wondered if you could frame up some jerseys for him. Right. So I said, oh, absolutely. You know, I won't even charge him because he's showing up at the tournament. That was great. Um, Did you know at the time when he says frame up some jerseys, did you know what was coming your way or how many jerseys were coming your way? No. So in fact, I just pulled into the, we were, the tournament was held at Eagle's Nest with a great course north of the city here in Toronto. Yep. Or just outside of Toronto. Uh, yeah. And, uh, pulled in and Brad was happened to be pulling in at the same time with Rick in the car. And he says, Oh, open your trunk. Mm-hmm. So I said, Oh, are these are the jerseys that he wanted framed. He said, yeah. He says, uh, and, and he hands over, uh, two big garbage bags full of mm-hmm. jerseys. Throw them in the trunk. I said, take them back. But this was before the tournament, so yeah. we're going to go play golf. And so uh, the next day, uh, I come back with the jerseys. We had the golf tournament. It was a great, great event. Everybody showed up for that. That, that was, I, I was there as well. That was a, a phenomenal event. I remember at that event, actually, uh, you had put a lot of time and effort. Again, for the listener, this was uh, a, a golf tournament that was put on in memory of your brother, my uncle, uh, Jeff Aaronworth. Yeah. And, uh, and it was uh, almost a, a, a means of mourning or closure for you. I'd always assumed, at least. Yeah, you put yeah, a lot of work yeah. into it to kind of put your stamp on it. I wanted and, and to have make this thing memory. really special. We had Daryl Sittler, Bobby Hull, 
we had uh, George Chevallo, Dennis Hall was the MC. Yeah. It was a really first, and everybody got to play with a celebrity. Yeah. Um, so it was a great event, Jerry Cheevers, you name it, especially back in 2003, where those alumni players were just kind of finishing sure. their career. Sure. So they were even more known to the average more, person. Yeah. And, and I remember uh, you had a lot on your mind and you were super busy uh, and, and maybe a little bit flustered and you finished golf. And after the, the, the golf had happened, like all the, all the players had come back uh, and come back into uh, to, to, to kind of shower up before the evening's events with the dinner and the, and the auctions and all that stuff. You go down and you shower and you come back upstairs <laughs> to the lobby to go shake hands and kiss babies or kiss babies and shake hands, I guess. Um, and, and, and you have this like uh, Arlene Dickinson style gray streak through your hair. And I remember seeing you and thinking like, wow, like you must have been really stressed out about this. You have gray hair now. <laughs> what had happened is you thought you were spraying hairspray in your hair and instead had sprayed spray on deodorant in your hair and had this big silver streak going Didn't through. Didn't even know it. I was so I was so wrapped up in the tournament. <laughs> Somebody had to send me back down to try and get this stuff out of my hair. Yeah, we took our pictures and then and uh, had our fun and then we told you that you had it in your hair but yeah exactly so the tournament's over i head back um i'm an early riser so i'm in the office fairly early and um i'm sitting there through the day and uh about 10 o'clock my foreman comes in who's still with me today and best employee ever mono okay well mono. hey uh by the way uh his son and also employee so <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but also i agree with so, you <laughs> yeah so mono so mono comes through and i said oh mono would you do me a favor um here's the keys to my uh car could you bring those uh garbage bags of jerseys and put them in the showroom so that steve our our creative director here can style them up frame them get them ready uh for framing mm-hmm and so he does that and brings the keys back and I'm ready to go uh, do the rest of the work. And then the next morning at about uh, five o'clock in the morning, I remember waking up and saying, gee, no, but Steve never came back to me to ask how I wanted those things framed. Right. I said, that's really strange because he's very efficient. So I said, I'm thinking, well, he should have had those. You can't miss those two big garbage bags full of garbage bags. Garbage bags. bags. Garbage bags full of jerseys, and my heart stopped. <laughs> I said, "No, that just couldn't happen. How could how could anybody mistake that?" So I come into the office, and I'm on pins and needles, and I'm waiting for Mono to come in, who also comes in fairly early. But I'm in at six thirty. He comes in at eight, and uh, I said to him, "Mono, where where is the where did you put that uh, the jerseys that I gave you?" He says, "What jerseys?" I said that the two garbage bags full of jerseys that were in my trunk. He says, oh, my God. He says, I thought that was garbage. I said, why would I bring garbage back from a golf tournament? In your trunk. He says, I don't know, but I thought it was garbage, so I threw them in the dumpster. I almost threw up on the spot. I I said, my my, uh, foreman or my general manager was in at the time. I grab him, and I said, we got to go, and we run to the back door fling open the 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 door of the, the, the of the, the shipping door the where the dumpster is and i look in and the dumpster is empty i get shivers when just i just thinking about it just right. thinking about it again so in keeping in mind did you know at this point how many jerseys there would have been or no but you got to figure there's two this is 
according to what I found out later, this is his whole life's collection of every jersey that he's ever worn. Every every jersey, not every jersey he's ever worn, but every jersey that he's figured would be important enough to keep. Right. Right. So now I'm looking at this empty empty dumpster and I tell my my uh, general manager at the time, Chris, I said, Chris, get on the phone and find out where they take this garbage to. We got to stop them from dumping it. Right. And so he does. It's, uh, I guess these companies are open fairly early too. It's now about 8.30 and I am just beside myself. He comes back and he says, well, the good news is our, our company that picks up the garbage is up at Highway 7 and Woodbine. Right. Which isn't too far away. So I said, okay, I grab everybody from the plant that I can. It was about seven, eight people figuring they dumped it up at Woodbine and seven. Right. And we hop into two cars. I had just bought a brand new <laughs> BMW. I'll get into that later. <laughs> and I take as many as I can in my car. And then my, my other foreman takes as many as he can in his car. Now, what was your intention at this time? Well, like, like, what did you think you guys I, were going I'm going, going up there to, to dig through the garbage or find out where they dump this stuff. Right, Because right. I'm thinking it's Highway 7, and which is about, I don't know, 20 miles away from here, 20 right. kilometers. So we end up going into, uh, into the offices, and I start, I don't want to tell them what, what we're missing, because maybe somebody's going to go Look grab for the it. jerseys and keep them. Take right? them for themselves, yeah. So I'm just saying, we lost something very important. I got to get the garbage bags back. And the lady looks at me like I have two heads. She says, well, the garbage isn't here. And I said, what do you mean it's not here? They told us. He said, this is our offices. Yeah. So those trucks come in. They take the stuff across the street to this big dump. They dump it out. And then these other big trucks uh, bulldoze it into the trucks. And they take it off to two or three dumps right. around, the, around the country. I said, what do you mean? She says, well... The, the owner of the company or one of the big managers, he'll explain, but they're in a meeting for about another 40 minutes, so we can't disturb them. Now I'm dying. Now you got to wait 40 minutes. 40 minutes. Just, I don't know where they are. Is that the longest 40 minutes of your life? <laughs> I is remember that? picking up the phone to Brad. Yeah. And he Brad, said, again, being the right My, my for, buddy that yeah. set me up with this. Yeah. And he had just signed a deal with Rick for Stick, so now he's... And I said, Brad, I got a problem. He says, what's the problem? I, said, I told him the story. The jerseys are missing. I said, uh, they went in the garbage. And Brad's not the calmest guy in the world. <laughs> the F-bomb started flying. You get those goddamn jerseys back, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah. I'll do whatever yeah. it's going to yeah. be, right? And, and, and it's worth saying that this, this relationship you had with Brad Jensen was not just a professional one. You guys were good friends. Like you would, you, you, we you, were best and, friends. And still are like you yeah. guys, you guys talk yeah. all the time, yeah. uh, which I guess kind of foreshadows the potential end of the story, but, but it's important to bring up because the, you know, Brad wasn't likely to just drop F bombs and, and stuff like this, unless the situation were as dire as one like this. Not at me. And first of all, he's worried about his contract and his relationship with Rick Nash. I then got off the, I said, Brad, what do you want me to do? I'm waiting for the people. I'll tell you what it, he says, I don't care what it takes, but you get those jerseys back. Now I get off the phone to uh, my insurance agent. Right. And I asked him, I said, what happens if we lose these jerseys? And I told him the circumstances. I said, are we insured? He said, no. 
Now I'm thinking, not for something like this, I'm thinking, this is my company down the tubes. Yeah. Like, if 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 we lose these jerseys and Rick sues me, yeah, I've got no recourse. Right. So now I'm absolutely desperate. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and the guys finally came, and I told them, I said, we've lost this stuff, it's really important. The guys who were in the meeting, like the management. Yeah, the yeah. management. And he says, well, he says... Uh, uh, he he kind of poo-pooed it, and it's not going to, you know, there's not much we can do. Did, did he give you the impression that anyone his entire life had ever come to him with a proposition like this? Well, saying, I need to go. One, I didn't tell him what it was right, at right, first. Right. And then he says, look, these, these jerseys could have gone to one of three sites. And I said, well, then at, at one point I just said, I got to tell him what it is and tell him how important it For is. Sure. I said, are you a hockey fan? He said, yeah. And I told him, this is Rick Nash's game-worn jerseys from his career. He says, well, he says, I don't want to say this to you, but he said, last week, a lady came in looking for a paper bag that she had $20,000 in from her wedding. Oh, my God. And it mistakenly God. got thrown in the garbage. He said, never got found. Oh, my God. So that didn't make me feel too No, good. of course not. So he said, but I'll tell you what I'll do Especially for because somehow these two garbage bags would be worth way more than that small paper bag of well, $20,000. Now, back in those days, yeah, it was a game sure, of jersey. Sure. I didn't know, but yeah, today. Yeah. yeah. So he says, uh, well, you know what? They went to one of three dumps. One's in Detroit, one's up in Thunder Bay or something, and one's in London, Ontario. Right. He says, if it's in Detroit, you got no hope. They won't let you anywhere near that site. Uh, by this time, it's on its way whatever. Uh, it's now about 11 o'clock in the morning. The stuff got picked up the night before. So it's probably at the dump by then. Yeah. He said the one in Thunder Bay, probably not. That's, I don't know what it was, uh, eight hours away or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. He says, I will phone the one in London. I said, well, Rick Knight, uh, Rick Nash played for the London Knights. So right. I said, maybe somebody there knows, you know, maybe they'll go out of their for way sure. or whatever. So he phones the site. And I said, tell them I'll pay whatever it takes. Stop dumping stuff. Yeah. The good news about garbage companies is they know exactly where the trucks are going, what quadrant. It's very organized. Right. Yeah. So the truck goes. So he comes back about 25 minutes later. And he says, good news. They went to where they're dumping it. They found a jersey, one of his jerseys wow. in the dump. He said, doesn't mean they all went there, but most likely they did. Right. I said, so, Out. so basically, they have the ability to know where it would have been picked up, where then at the central sorting agency the garbage would have been, and then from there where it likely would have been dumped at the end location. The end. That is an insane level. It's it's, it's almost like if you gave them two garbage bags full of a player's jerseys, they probably wouldn't have lost it in the first place. <laughs> it was it was nuts. So now I'm going to preface this by saying it is a Friday of the long weekend in July, and if you look back and check the record books, this was one of the hottest days in years. It got up to about 100 degrees. I think it was the hottest day on record for that day in Toronto's history. Right. Which, when you know you're about to be going to a dump, is not what you want to hear. No. And then I'm thinking, okay, tell them to stop dumping. I will pay whatever the fees are, whatever it takes to stop dumping. I said, we're on our way. And we drive, start driving down there, two carloads full of people. There's probably eight of us. 
Well, first of all, because you were you were gathering a group of people together. You right. were like like the beginning of a, an Ocean's Eleven movie. You had like a whiteboard. You're gathering. You're you're putting the crew together, right? Right. And, and you you go in. Uh, my brother at the time, Chris, was working uh, for the company and wasn't really loving the role that he was in. We put him in the factory. Put put him in put him in the factory, and and he uh, he was a young kid at the time and wanted to be out doing other things. And he was so miserable doing what he was doing that when he heard that there was an opportunity to leave the office, even though it meant trudging through trash in the hottest day on record. He volunteered quicker than anyone else. He was in the car. <laughs> he was loving it. He says it was the most exciting thing he's done all summer. As a right? field trip, and he didn't even have to get a note from his parents. It Crazy. was great. So I gather all these people, and we head straight to London. And on the way, we stopped at a Walmart and got everybody. I bought everybody work boots, yep. helmets, whatever it took that I thought that they would make sure that we had to have on to get onto a work site. Right. You don't want to show up and then say, no, yeah, no, it's great no, that you no, have you 20 people, but right. you don't have your boot. You need your steel toe shoes. Right. You need, yeah, yeah. So everybody got new equipment and then we head to the site and they, they lead us out to the quadrant where they had dumped the, the jerseys. Did, did they charge you anything to stop the dumping or no, no? No, the guy was very, I mean, these were really nice people. Yeah. Uh, the dumps in London again, Chris or um, Rick, Played there. Yep. So they all knew about it. And they sure. were all um, happy to help out and see if we could recover these things. So we pull up in the quadrant and there's literally a mountain of garbage. Oh like God. we had to climb up, I don't know, 50 feet to get to the top of the mountain. 50 where they feet were of garbage. Uh, of garbage. Oh my God. We opened the car door. It's now about 95 degrees at <sighs> noon. And it smells so bad that... Chris got out of the car. Chris, my brother, your son. And threw up immediately. <laughs> so now we go up to the top of the hill. The, the good news is uh, for him, he was actually hung over and he just hit it by blaming oh. this. No, not actually. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. We go up to the top of the hill and we start digging. Yeah. We got pitchforks, but we, you know, we got to be careful not to. It's like an ar architectural or archaeologist. Yeah. So you got to be careful not to hurt or damage any yeah, of the goods. Yeah. And the crap that we're going through. Literally, the well, crap that you're going through. <laughs> and we find one jersey and we find two jerseys. Well, the problem is Rick is now in Las Vegas celebrating oh, his 21st right. birthday. So tell this. So so when you, when you uh, were speaking to Brad that first time, before he basically said... Uh, call me when it's solved or don't call me at all. He basically right. laid out that ultimatum because you had asked him whether or not he could check with Rick to see how many, how jerseys, many jerseys were looking there were. For. Yeah. We didn't know. We All we received was two garbage bags full of jerseys and we didn't know how many were there, what they were, what colors they were to look for. And Brad said to you, you don't, don't, I'm not bothering Rick. He's celebrating his 20. I don't even want to bring it up to him. I'm not phoning his agent. It was Joe Resnick. He says, I'm not phoning the agent. I'm not phoning anybody. Just find the goddamn jerseys. You're not going to come back without them. Because he's out in Vegas celebrating his 21st birthday. Rick Nash's. Right. Yeah. So, so while this is going on, Rick has no idea. No idea. And we don't know how many jerseys we're looking right, for. Right. Right. So we're there till about four o'clock. We find one jersey here, one jersey there. I think we got up to 11 jerseys. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that's not too bad. We even found some hockey socks, but I didn't think they, <laughs> they belonged to him. We also and found a diaper. We yeah, were pretty um, sure that wasn't his. I terrible. don't know. <laughs> so now we get all these jerseys. Uh, Team Canada. I remember finding his, his uh, all-star jersey. We didn't know. Some of them didn't have names on them. So it was like his, he had his like bantam jersey. Or oh, yeah. All that. 
So we have about 11 jerseys. And then we get uh, one of the guys that was from the company, the garbage company, come out to the site and said, sorry, boys, but you're going to have to leave. Uh, now, keep in mind, after we found the 11th jersey, um, we searched for another hour, hour and a half without finding any. And in fact, one guy climbed up into the dump truck and found a jersey up there about stuff that hadn't been dumped out oh, yet. Oh, wow. But that was about it. And we hadn't found one in about an hour, hour and a half. And we've dug down. I mean, how far down are you going to dig, yeah. right? So I said, I, maybe that's all there was. We, we haven't found any more. The first 11 came pretty easily. So I just said, you know what? It is what it is. We're not going to find any more. And he said, well, the reason we quit anyways was the guy says, there's some, it's a, that hot a day. There's one of those su summer thunderstorms yeah. coming in, yep. lightning and thunder. You have to get off the site. If you want to come back, you're welcome to come back tomorrow. We'll stop digging here and doing whatever. But, but now the garbage is going to be but, soggy and but, wet. You, as well. But you, one, it's a safety issue. Yeah, you can't of be on the site with the lightning coming in. So off we go. My brand new BMW, six guys, or I had four guys in my car uh, that had been working in the dump the whole oh. time. <laughs> they hadn't eaten all day. Did they want to after all this? Well, no, they were starved. <laughs> And they were working hard. Yeah. And this car, I didn't even let the kids eat chicken McNuggets in my new car. I can attest to that. There was no, if we, if, you know how sometimes when a kid has something to eat and it's like half an hour before you can go swimming. If we had anything to eat, we had to wait an hour before sitting in the back of your car because you were so protective <laughs> over the way this thing smelled. Now I got four guys that have been digging in a dump. The car just reeked. And we had the jerseys in the trunk, which right. was kind of permeating through the back seat. So now we're on our way back. We got to stop at uh, stop at uh, the gas station on the way. Get them something to eat. Yep. And while we're on the way back, I have a good friend, or I had a good friend that I golf with. His name's Bill Foley, and Bill had a Parker's Cleaners at the time. Oh. So I phone Bill and I say, Bill, we've got these jerseys. Uh, it's a Friday of a long weekend, but I said you got to come meet me at your cleaning store. And we got to look at these because I got to get every stain, anything that's on them. I got to get off. They got to be brand new, you, you know, back to their original shape. Yeah. So we go back. We bring it all back. And the 11 jerseys, I'm sitting there and he's looking at the stains. He said, Brian, he says, I can get these out, but it's almost like a toothbrush with cleaning. You can't just put them in machine, get them out. We have to like spend hours. I said, Bill, whatever it takes. Yeah. Just do it for me. Yeah. So... He says, fine. How, how dirty were the jerseys of this? Were, were they? There was little pretty, stains and things on yeah. them. They were actually not too bad, but right. they were dirty. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. They of were course. sitting in a dump, yeah. right? And some of them were below surface. Yeah. So, so he said, okay, I'll do that for you. There was actually, the good news was there was not a lot of damage. There was no damage to them, right? So for the most part, I thought there was one jersey. No? Nah, one, one was a little torn and that, oh, okay. but we, we, that was fine. Had a little hole in it. So, that's being done. I'm devastated, but we found 11. I don't know how many are there, but yeah. we're going to be okay. Yep. Now I'm just beat up. I go, I play golf every Saturday morning. So I, uh, I phoned Brad and told him we got 11. I don't know how many are there, but that's all we could find. He said, okay, well, that's the best you can do. And he couldn't believe actually, after giving me all that crap that we actually did that when I told him the story. Yeah. Yeah, of how we were on the dump on the hottest day of the year. Sure. Blah, blah, blah. So he was pretty amazed that we went that far and happy that we found 11 jerseys. 
I'm I'm playing golf the next morning. I'm coming through the the nines. How, how are you golfing that day? Uh, not well. I was gonna say your mind may have been no, a little no, bit elsewhere. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get a phone call coming through the nines where I pick up my phone because I t- didn't typically have it. You weren't allowed to use it, so I checked my messages, and it was Mono, my foreman. Yeah. And he says, uh, "Good news." I said, "What do you mean, good news?" He says, "Well, we found ten more jerseys." I said, "You what? Where where are you?" He says, "Well." I took the crew back to wow. London. Didn't tell me. Wow. He felt so bad about throwing them out um, in the garbage in the first place that he took the same crew back, or at least five of the guys, and if they found 10 more jerseys, they had to be digging four, three feet down. Yeah. Right? Because we couldn't find them for an hour and a half. That brought it up to 21. Now I know we got to be close. because Have to be. Right? How many more jerseys can you fit in two garbage bags? So I phone Bill. We go back, blah, blah, blah. We end up getting all these jerseys cleaned. I bring them back to the office. I get them all framed up. And then by that time, uh, about four or five days later, Rick comes back to the city. Uh-huh. And I said, Brad, bring them in. And uh, he says, okay. And Rick's sitting in my office. Now, did, did Brad tell him anything? No, no nothing. nothing. So Rick's coming in here just expecting... Get to see whether we did a nice framing job. <laughs> Not whether you had his jerseys. <laughs> so I okay. had 21, okay. and I don't even know. We still don't know if any are missing. Okay. At this point in time. Yeah, we yeah, know we got yeah. 21. There could have been 25. Right. So um, Rick is in my office, and I start going through the story. And he his mouth just drops. Like, I don't know whether he's going to jump over the table and pound me out. Yeah. Or whether he's thrilled that we found some. Um, but I went through the whole story and said, now we've got 21 jerseys. I don't know if there's any missing, and I apologize if there are. But And he looked at me. What a nice guy. He just, I was so worried about having this conversation. He looked at me and he said, I can't believe you went to all that trouble to get my jerseys back. He says, I can't believe you did that. He said, you're amazing. He was complimenting me. I "I threw your jerseys out. I lost your jerseys. I said, how about we do this? We go into the showroom and I said, we're going to look at all the jerseys and see if you can tell me if there's any missing. Sure. And he walked around the show. They were all framed, looking gorgeous. Yeah. And cleaned with a toothbrush. and, (laughs) And he looks through it. And, and the first thing he says is, what stinks? <laughs> <laughs> no, we got all the smell out. So he looked at him, and whether he was just being gracious or not, but I, I don't think so, he said, there's only one jersey missing, and that's one I didn't care about. So I went, oh, my God, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. So I said to Rick, I said, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. One, you're not paying for any of this. Right. Okay, so 21 jerseys was quite a bit of money for me at the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. And I said, and my foreman, Mono, who is a superstar, um, made that one little mistake. but Which it wasn't is basically really the only mistake he's ever made. Ever made. <laughs> I mean, he's like the best employee. So I said, we're going to send him to Columbus with all the jerseys. We're not letting him out of our sight. Right. And he's going to hang them all wherever you want them. So it's all professionally done. Yep. And we sp- he spent a couple of days going down to Columbus, hanging the jerseys and getting them yep. ready. And that's the Rick Nash story. That is amazing. And my wife says, if you write a book, you got the chapter's got to be called uh, Rick Trash. That, I made that name up. Oh, was I that I made you? that name. Come oh, okay, on. Okay, the, okay, I mean, sorry. the listeners will know by this point that uh, no good puns get past me. That's, uh, that, that's about <laughs> all that I'm good for here. I can't believe... I. 
I know how that story ends, and I'm on pins and needles every time I hear about it. Um, what was Brad Jansen's reaction by the end of it? Uh, I think he gave me a big hug and a kiss. <laughs> uh, Brad was um, a very intense personality. Yeah, uh, always. Yeah, I mean that that was Brad. Yep. I mean he's friends with all the players. He knows everybody from Wayne Gretzky, and that's a whole other story. We'll get. And we'll get Brad's take on this too. Well, I was going to say, so I was going to kind of tease this at the end, but uh, you've heard our perspective and, and the scared perspective that we had throughout all of this. If you want to hear the perspective of the person who uh, would have had to bear the brunt of that news to his newly signed client in Rick Nash, Brad will come on the podcast in, in a couple of weeks time and, and give his perspective, which is as unique a perspective, I think, as you can get. You know, you have you have us scrambling to do it, and you have someone else who thinks that one of his best friends just screwed him out of the best relationship that he could have with an athlete. Well, Brad's whole reputation was all about doing things right for the players. Sure, and Brad Brad's was very anal about making sure nothing went wrong. So this was beyond his control. But I do have to mention, um, and I've said this already, how gracious Rick Nash was. Yeah. What a gentleman he was. I mean, he could have taken me to task. He could have uh, sued us. He could have done whatever he wanted. Well, I mean, we got all the jerseys back for the most part. But but he was just so gracious and almost in awe of what we the trouble we went through to get through. But it was one of the most harrowing days I have ever spent in my life. Yeah. Not the most comfortable Um I had to sell the car. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the episode of Seinfeld with the B.O. Yeah, yeah. yeah it never it was got about rid that. of it. Yeah. The, the, uh, no, but it's amazing because uh, I, I recall that at the end of this, not only was was Rick Nash, you know, gracious and very understanding about the situation, uh, and, and I think that kind of speaks to what we've already spoken about on this podcast, which is the majority of the athletes, like the vast majority of the athletes that we deal with, in particular in hockey, are just some of the... Not not just good people for famous athletes, but just salt of the earth human beings. Yeah. You could you know, think about someone like Jonathan Taves when we have a signing with him, for example, and he's hard to get out of the room so that we can clean up after the signing because he wants to be there to help us. Like, dude, yeah. you've got things to do. Like, you know, everyone we deal with, Sydney's no different. Like, everyone we get in these rooms with uh, just seem to be, to go out of their way to be uh, the best humans that they can. And I remember at the end of this, didn't we actually sign a deal with Rick Nash? Yes. For his exclusive uh, autograph yeah. rights at the yeah, end of it. Yeah, I was so thrilled that it made the deal. It was a, an autograph deal that we did at the time. And, of course, he was such a great player, a great star. But for him to stay on with us. Yeah. And the fact that we actually did framing for other players and still continue yeah, yeah. to do that. <laughs> they know, well, maybe lightning doesn't strike twice. It yeah, never, fair. It never fair. struck us on the on the dump site. On, on the dump site, the lightning didn't. <laughs> oh, man. Although yeah. I was kind of maybe hoping it wouldn't put me out of my Putting misery. Putting you out of your misery. I, see, that's one of those things that I, I worry. You know, you, you find yourself in these situations and there is just no out. You either face the music or you do it. And, and you know, as as a kid, I remember growing up and it was impossible to not get something done because you would always say, Mikey, there's always a way to get it done. If yeah. I said I didn't do something and you said, why not? Everything that I said afterwards didn't matter because if you wanted to get it done enough, you could have is what you would. That's, you that's would always been my mantra. If you, if you, uh, there's always a way. Yeah. And if I was of the nature that, um, I didn't believe that I would have just, Hey, you know how many people at that site at Woodbine and seven told me go home. Yeah. There's no chance you're going to get these back. Not a chance in the world. Right. Uh, they 
they sent me home about three times. They said, I'm not leaving till I speak to the manager. Right. And, uh, you know, eventually he, he made a few phone calls for me. I, I begged, I pleaded, please make a call if there's any chance, whatever. And he did it. So yeah, there's, there's always, there's always a solution to the problem. If you put enough thought and effort. Into yeah. It. And, and, you know, it, it, it draws that thread that I didn't know we were going to be drawing when we started this podcast, but you know, there's, there's an, a, a large element of hard work that goes into solving this problem that, that you did, but there is an element of uh, fortune and it's very fortuitous that the jerseys ended up in the one of three dumps that we that had one? access to in the first place. I remember them specifically saying if this went across the border to Detroit or was it Windsor? Uh, it was Detroit. Detroit. It, they said if it's Detroit, the U.S. is way more strict on who they'll allow on the dump site. Yeah. It's gone. They if it's Thunder care. Bay, by the time you get there eight hours away, not a chance. It's gone. This was the only, only place it could place have gone it to. could have gone. And, and of course, the, the, the people that were running that dump in London were big hockey fans. New Rick's just so know, happens Rick there, played yeah. there. Right. It just the way that these these things go. I mean, a lot of people I think get in that situation. The mistake happens, and they say, "Well, who could have predicted that that a, 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 a garbage bag is going to be thrown out? Like, never would have thought that's going to happen." And just left that like, "Well, nope." They told us that if it goes to two of the three that they can't, and even if it's at the one, we're probably not going to get it. So I, I I left like, "Look, what do you want me to do?" You know, you 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 express surprise at the fact that. Rick Nash and, and whomever was involved in the story were appreciative of the the lengths that you went to to get the jerseys back. But I do think that that's special. Yes. We started this off saying that everyone makes mistakes. That's common. That's, that, that's so cliche that you hear it from grade one onwards. But not everyone goes to the lengths that you went to to ensure that those mistakes are rectified uh, and and that is very impressive. As soon as like, how many people by show of hands? And obviously we can't see you at home, but but do do this for us. Raise your hands. How many people have been within a mile of a dump, let alone trudging <laughs> through it knee deep? It's a bizarre situation that you found yourself. Well, you in. know, one of the things that I should point out. Well, I have already pointed out, but what an amazing staff I have. Mm. I mean, I didn't go back to the dump the next day. I figured it was done. There's yeah. no way we're going to find it. To get that call on the on the 10th tee uh while i'm playing golf they're still digging through the right right my staff is the most amazing staff you could ever work with uh, mono in particular but everybody that went there and started searching and doing all that stuff what what a team yeah And, and that's why I think our company is so successful. We've got we've got a great team behind us. Yeah, and, and you need that sort of thing. And this is one of those stories as well that that uh, you know you and I have traveled quite a bit uh, uh, in relation to the company and the business that we do to all star games to meetings uh, with with larger clients and companies. And the number of times that someone in the room will will have heard of this story and will ask you to tell it. And now you have all of the people who I would have been happy just to be sitting around hanging on your every word as you go through this. I'm talking athletes, players, presidents of clubs, everything. I mean, you, you, this is the kind of story that, that when we first talked about having a podcast, I was like, this one has to be told. I want it to be told early. We considered having this as the first episode on the podcast, no, but I think, I, think, there. I think you had some concerns <laughs> about like, yeah. you know, I've told that story to Wayne Gretzky who sat in awe. Yeah. Like he, he just, you know, Wayne's got a lot on his plate and of course people needing to see him and all that stuff. But he sat there for a good, I mean, I gave him a 
bit of abbreviated version. Sure. He sat there for a good 20 minutes and didn't say a word. Yeah. And I, and it's happened to a number of other players too, because they just go, wow. That's, that's amazing. Now, whenever, whenever you have a new client coming in and asking you to frame some of their jerseys, do you tell them, do not put it in a garbage bag? What, what, what do you say to them? How do you prevent this from happening again? There's not a garbage bag here that gets thrown out without yeah, we somebody someone... making sure that there's nothing in it. <laughs> there's an entire roll at Frameworth on their business card that says garbage checker. Yeah. And yeah. before it goes in there, yeah, no. Um, it's, it's a fantastic story. I love hearing that one. And we have tons of stories like that coming up. I mean, that one is, 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 you know, among the best, but I can't wait because for every one of those stories where something went wrong and, and, and we fixed it, there's a crazy story of fortune that, and, and, and you just being right place, right time in a similar way, but without that kind of uh, heart wrenching moment of having no, lost the jerseys there, in the first a, place. Similar kind of interesting stories but on a much more positive note yeah for sure. and we'll get into those in the coming weeks uh, in the meantime like i said uh keep keep an eye out because in the next week or so we're we're hoping to have brad jensen on to get his perspective as well as as you know just opening up another look at that realm of sports memorabilia and sports marketing because he's been in equipment uh representing equipment companies for a long time he's worked with players on and off uh, for his entire career and he's got some some very impressive stories yeah. as well brad is one of the most interesting guys in the industry industry yeah so um and he's agreed that he'll come on at some point and uh his stories the reason he's so popular with a lot of the players is he's just a hilarious guy too I yeah mean, he's just not an angry guy he's he's, he's, a, he's great telling the stories oh, as well yeah great yeah. storyteller so that's good i just wanted to say before we go out as i mentioned you know you can find us on uh stitcher spotify itunes google play music we are on every single podcast platform that's out there as well as youtube and if you're watching on youtube Hello again, I'm waving to the camera. I also wanted to give a quick shout out to Robert Savoy or Savoy, I believe it's Savoy, uh, who's been liking and commenting on all of our videos, always has some great insight. Uh, we notice those things quite a bit. They help out a lot. We're building up a great community over on Twitter at Frameworth Sport, Instagram at Frameworth Sports, and we'll have those, uh, those, those accounts for you at the end of this episode as well. And send us any questions that you have that you want us to go over, uh, sign off pod at frameworth.com. Uh, we can start to get into some of those listener asked questions and, and give our, uh, our expertise on that, or maybe just tell uh, an interesting story that uh, you may want us to tell. Uh, so with that though, that's uh, just about it for me. Anything to say before we log off? No, you know what guys, I'm having a lot of fun doing this. Yeah. Mikey, you're doing a great job for us um, setting this up. I just leave my office, walk into the boardroom and here we go. So <laughs> thanks for all that. Thanks for uh, joining us. Don't forget to write a review and let us know what you're thinking. And we'll uh, try and address all that. Absolutely. Sounds good. And so once again, my name is Mikey Aaronworth and this is Brian Aaronworth, president of Frameworth. And we are signing off. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we made it to the end of yet another episode. Thanks again so much for joining us. You can find videos of all of our episodes on YouTube by searching the Sign Off Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Frameworth Sport or Instagram at Frameworth Sports. And hey, if you're not sick of me yet, you can find me on Twitter over at, at Retrograde Mikey, or you can always find me embarrassing myself over on Instagram at Aaronworth. The Sign Off is a proud product of Fadu Productions and Sad Styles Productions, executive producers Mikey Aaronworth and Andrew Bascom. Until next week, this is my Mikey Aaronworth, signing off. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!